Hello and welcome to the audio journal of infectious disease with me, Derek Thorne. I'm just back from Washington, D.C., where I attended the 45th Interscience Conference on Antimicrobial Agents and Chemotherapy, better known as ICAC, and I've gathered some of the most important news for you to listen to over the next hour or so. Coming up, the latest on HIV therapy, the growing problem of community-associated MRSA and some new data on how it might spread, and the coordinator of the World Health Organization's Global Influenza Programme speaks about bird flu. But let's start with Clostridium difficile, a bacterium that can cause diarrhoea in hospital patients. One of the big messages coming out of the ICAC conference was, it's back, it's potentially very aggressive, and it's not so easy to detect anymore. Of course, coupled with this warning was the news that there may be some new developments on the horizon to help us deal with the problem. I got the details on all this from Lance Peterson. C. difficile has been around for over two decades. It was really a brand new recognized pathogen and I think people have gotten used to it. It mainly occurs in hospitals, fairly easy to treat. They were comfortable with that diagnostics and then all of a sudden Probably about five or six years ago, the pathogenesis changed. It was always thought you needed two toxins, toxin A and toxin B. So a lot of the laboratories were testing for toxin A, which is more immunogenic. And then all of a sudden, people started getting sick with toxin A negative and toxin B positive only strains of the organism. So laboratories were totally missing the diagnosis, and people started to die of this new infection. And then more recently, uh, there seems to be a very aggressive strain of C. difficile, even infecting patients outside the hospital that have never gotten antibiotics. We're starting to understand why that is. This strain has a particular defect in one of the regulatory genes that makes it produce 20 times more toxin B than normal C. difficile strains. So people get very sick with it and uh, often have to come in the hospital, have a partial bowel resection, things like that, and the mortality rate's gone up, and that's it really has been the problem up in uh, the Quebec and Montreal area. Can you put any numbers on the size of the problem at the moment? Well, it's been quoted that there, over the last two or three years, there have been one or 2,000 deaths up in Canada from that. We have seen individual patients coming in, maybe one or two a month, that are young and have required bowel surgery. So it certainly is starting, and the concern is that it's going to expand very quickly. So regarding detection then, as you said, this has suddenly become a problem. What are you trying to do to overcome that? Well, we're trying to look at the specific gene sequences in toxin B that are conserved between all the different variants and use what's called a real-time PCR machine that gives you an answer in one to two hours instead of two to four days. So you actually have the answer that the specific gene causing the problem in the stool of patients and it really gets rid of the problem with false positives and false negatives if you have a good assay. Okay then, and what have you found so far with this? Does it work? It does work. We've tried to validate our particular test clinically by looking at retrospective chart reviews, and it's very difficult because even though a physician or a nurse may record that the patient complains of diarrhea, they don't say how many stools they're having per day, so you don't really know if it's just being in the hospital and getting used to different food that they have some loose stools or they actually have an infection from C. difficile. So yesterday we started looking at prospective patients with one of the nurses going and interviewing each individual patient with this test being ordered in the laboratory. We're going to do that for a month at three different hospitals and try to prospectively validate what really is the best test to use. Is it the immunoassays that don't seem to be performing very well, one of these new molecular assays, or if there's something else we need to develop to really make this a specific diagnostic test that the laboratory can perform? If it is validated, could it become widely available, do you think? 
Well, our test is developed in our own laboratory where you need molecular biology expertise. There are companies out there now that are developing FDA cleared tests and uh, the same equivalent in Canada that are, are very robust, easy to use in the laboratory. And because this is an easy target, a single gene sequence that you're looking at, something certainly that one of these companies can develop, and then any laboratory could do it. And we're hoping that with this conference and other publications that the companies become interested in developing this particular test is, is very much needed. Finally then, also looking at the treatment of C. difficile, um, you said there were some very aggressive strains turning up. What's happening there? Traditionally, metronidazole or flagyl has been the drug that's been used because it's inexpensive and it works very, very well. There are reports from Spain now with 10 to 15 percent of C. difficile strains becoming resistant. That will be discussed a little bit later at the conference this afternoon. So vancomycin is still the mainstay in patients that fail metronidazole treatment. Important thing to remember is to give 10 to 14 days of therapy because if you give less than 10 days, patients have a very high relapse rate. Lance Peterson from Evanston Northwestern Healthcare in Illinois.